and read in the midst of perhaps a depressive episode and not a lot (laughs) yeah yeah it's been november um it sure has been (laughs) what's the taylor it's uh is it dark november i've been down since july I felt that. I don't even know what that is. In it's, it's like from to. from Evermore, I think. Oh, um, I don't a deep know. track, the album that's forgotten. <laughs> sure, it's the it's the epitome of a winter album. This is the second time Taylor Swift has come up in our conversation <laughs> since we started talking. Mm-hmm. The first one ago. was me saying that whenever a new Taylor Swift album comes out, I don't want to like listen to anything else, which means audiobooks are fraught. So it becomes challenging, and then I finished Immortals After Dark, so we can finally have me stopping, like stop talking about them, because <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> um, and so like that was like my first few days of November, and I had a wild experience with that series. Um, but before we get into that, I suppose we can be good noodles and introduce ourselves, <laughs> like we never do. Um, we never do. <laughs> we never do. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm Hannah, and I am so happy you're here. Hopefully you're here, and it's not just dead air. <laughs> um, and I am Caroline, and I am once again tired. I feel like the mm-hmm. last time we introduced ourselves, yeah. I also said that I'm tired. I'm still tired. It, That's my constant <laughs> state of existence, if I'm being honest. I'm tired. It, I'm slumping hard. Yeah. Audiobooks are not working for mm-hmm. me for the most part. I do love laying in bed and staring at the ceiling and contemplating life. Mm-hmm. See, I don't even want to contemplate life. I just want to be able to like have nothing in there. But That's unfortunately, it does fair. not quite work. Yeah. So I, my mom was like, oh, yeah, it's Saturday today, right? Today is currently Sunday. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, unfortunately, it's not. It's no, it Monday is not. tomorrow and full week. That is but devastating. Thanksgiving is coming up. We're going to be reading some like Thanksgiving romances. This is true. A few. <laughs> like I feel like I have one. <laughs> I, I'll share with you the few that I have. Hopefully okay. they they uh, spark some life into this autumn season. Oh, it's weird because I always joke that I have like – I'm not like diagnosed with any various mental illnesses. I just have theories, you know? And I joke that I have like reverse seasonal depression. Mm. Like the summer makes me sad. I don't like oh, summer. It's too hot. I'm stuck inside all the time. You are in Texas, yeah. It's not good. I love the fall though. Usually I perk mm-hmm. up. Like the I don't love daylight savings time, but like once yes. it starts getting dark, it's finally cold here. That never happens, but all of a sudden it's like not above 65 degrees for the next mm-hmm. week, which is thrilling because it was like 80 degrees last week. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yes, it's fall finally. But now I'm like mentally not in a good place which is rude because normally this is the time of year I perk back up and I'm like ready to go it's cold I can like sit outside or like put a fire in the fireplace read Mm -hmm. some books I'm struggling so yeah Yeah. I don't know who to sue but I'll I'll look into it I have a friend in law school who can help me out with that I think (laughs) you know let's just sue them all because I mean just them all (laughs) I feel like I feel like autumn here in in Minnesota has been just it, it was like seventy and eighty for a long time, and then it was just like casually like fifty and beautiful because then like fires and stuff, mm-hmm. and now the entire I mean it snowed today yesterday, um, 
this whole week is going to be like 17 degrees. And That's insane. Lower, yeah, I was freezing today. I For some reason, I think most Minnesotans can agree that we don't really accept like wearing winter coats before December. So like even if it's even if it's like 17 degrees, I'm just in like a vest and maybe like a hat and some mittens. Oh my God. <laughs> and like that's just what happened. Like no one's wearing jackets <laughs> and it's like below freezing. That's unhinged. On the other hand, uh-huh. Texans will put on a winter coat when it's like mm. 60 degrees. And like I lived in the Northeast for the first 10, 11 years of my life. So like, mm-hmm. well, the Northeast in Europe. So I'm I'm not – I like the cold. I'm mm-hmm. fine walking around without a jacket in like 50 to 60 degree weather. 50s mm-hmm. is a little ch- – I'll throw on a light jacket for that. But like I'm mm-hmm. not doing a coat. Yeah. And Texans will pull up in like a like a park like a like a mm-hmm. thick winter coat when it gets into the 60s and I'm like y'all it's just not it's uh, just not that bad. I understand a little like light jacket. It's a little a, a, a tad nippy if you will. <laughs> Did you ever watch um Ned's survival guide? Uh Ned's like school survival guide? I feel like, I mean I I like saw it when it was on there's, but I didn't watch it. There's an episode with Cookie and he gets this like lovely huge puffy jacket. And it's like 90 degrees and he wants to wear it to school. I don't know if it's like the first day. And he gets heat stroke. <laughs> there is something like- <laughs> that like really speaks to me about that. Not about – well, actually, yeah, about wearing a coat when it's too hot. When yeah. it's like the new yeah. thing that you just really want to wear. Mm-hmm. Because I absolutely Same. have worn the wrong thing for the weather just because it was new. And I was like, I'm going to wear this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to look so good. And then it, I- you look stupid. I have pictures of me probably like freshman year in college. I ha- I found this like lovely um, jacket. I can't remember the brand, but it was like goose down. So like shorty, she's hot. Like she is mm-hmm. thick, and it but it was like stylish. It was like almost kind of like a bomber jacket. But I found it June, and I was mm-hmm. like, this is my personality. So a Minnesota yeah. summer, I mean, in July can get up to like a hundred degrees. I probably wore it on like an eighty-eight degree day worst mistake of my life we were like walking around looking for thrift stores and i was like i just want to look cute but i was like dying inside and out (laughs) it was terrible it's rough yeah but it's rough they make an outfit um well you should get to the point yeah yeah well the point is books (laughs) now that we've bantered um (laughs) oh books tbr tuesday what have we read in the past couple of weeks that we would recommend adding to your tbr Ooh, that's a hot topic question. I have only read four books in the past few weeks. Okay. And I would only, well, uh, I would recommend some of them. Okay. Well, we love that. We love a slump. We do love it. It's rough out here. It really is. Mm -hmm. I'm about to finish. It's not even a romance because I was like, what if I tried reading something else? I saw that. I saw that. I think on your like coffee chat on TikTok. I was like, whoa, Mm -hmm. what is that? It's a horror short story. Oh boy! Collection, are you being? I guess. Are you you being scared? Uh, well, it's also like about. Mm, I don't know how to explain this. Like women's bodies. I don't know. It's her body and other parties. Like mm-hmm. Carmen Maria Machado, I think. Um, and I the thing that I'm learning is like I always I want to be one of those people that like reads like horror or kind of more oh, speculative yeah. fiction, like almost poetic. It's very like literary, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like I used to be somebody who read more along those lines. I don't know that I ever got it, but I sure could pretend that I got it. Yeah. And now I'm like, I get a couple, like a couple of the stories where like, 
interesting and even if I don't feel like I completely understood her point they like made me think about certain things Mm -hmm, and I think mm -hmm. that's totally valuable but some of them I finished and I was like I don't know what I just read or like what the point of that was it just was like weird yeah and I'm sure it's very deep and somebody could unpack it for me and I would be like oh wow that's really great and insightful but as it is I just read it and was vaguely unsettled and then was like but I don't know what the point was that's my entire experience in college undergrad Mm -hmm. English major I I read a lot of good stuff, but sometimes I was just like, that was vaguely upsetting, and (laughs) I don't want to think about it. Didn't care for that. (laughs) No. No. It's really hard for me to branch out. Like, the the farthest I branch is, like, YA, like, thriller, high school murder things for reasons unknown. Mm -hmm. I think it's because, like, I just cannot relate because I am not in high school anymore, Mm -hmm. Um, and so they are less, like, pertinent to my life. Um, And the audiobooks always go very quickly. so I, I have um what's it by Holly Jackson, it's her the new one. Good Girls Guide to. She's Early. that author. She oh okay. I think it's Five Survive. I think that's this oh. one that comes out at the end of November. I have that audiobook, so I am, I've been waiting for that. So I should listen to it, um before release, obviously. But um, I'm excited for that. But yeah, other than that, I just I truly cannot escape the romance. It, mm. But I, I do agree, a good slump breaker that could hopefully maybe work. I mean. There's also, like, I, I bought a fantasy book the other day that just mm-hmm. came out because, and I haven't read fantasy in a long time, but mm-hmm. it was um, the third book in Maggie Stiefvater's Dreamer trilogy, which is the mm. trilogy that followed the Raven cycle, um, which were, like, the books that got me back into reading. Mm-hmm. I would die, would die for the Raven cycle. They're just so weird. But see, interestingly, because, and I actually backpedaling would recommend her body and other parties especially if you're somebody who reads like other kind of more literary things or enjoys like horror that kind of genre mm-hmm. like it's i can tell it's good you know what i mean where i'm yeah, like this is yeah, good yeah. writing and it's making me think things and feel things i just am not like a very literary reader anymore yeah so you know do it that way you will anyway um interestingly the maggie Stiefvater this series reminds me of it in the sense that it's also really weird Mm -hmm. and it's also like I don't always know what's going on but I'm having such a good time and the characters are just like acting like their worst selves and I'm like yeah naturally I love that so I might I might read that book just to try to break it up a little bit more but I don't know I mean how far have you gotten into immortals maybe go break it it might be time it might might be time time to uh, get the I the edging think, like no other. Which one is next? It's not Rydstrom. It's it's not. Oh, it's Cades. Yeah, Cades. Okay, is Cades was good. Cades was good. Well, see, I'm doing those on audio though, and I just started mm-hmm. the audiobook of Lizzie Blake's Best Mistake by oh, Maisie Eddings because yeah. my hold came in for that one. It's Although hot out here, I might just be like, never mind. Everything is going on hold. It's time to read about some demons. It's fine. Everything is great. Everything is fine. I can read books. Yeah, I mean I'm that's in the series... middle of like twelve. I will say, though, that that series put me in a slump as well because I hate it. Like, I despise some of the books, okay? But the ones that I love – Well, like, it's like a – what is it, 18 books? Yeah, yeah. You, so, got, you can't like all of them. No, no, you sure can't. Not when you're me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, cl- I classify myself as like a, a low-key casual hater. Um, I, I thought I was more mean than I actually am apparently because I keep my like – reviews in highlights on my instagram page and i have the most five star reviews 
like this year I've read the most books of five stars. So like interesting. Who is she? Like what? I, a, I don't that's a shock. I know. I know my highlight was like full and it was like you have to delete some. I was like, okay, well I was being a good citizen. Um but yeah, so apparently I was just due for some hate. I don't know. Um but the ones that I love, like I love love. Like the last one was super good. Um but there there was a there was a hot second there where I was just angry at the world. And if anyone came in contact with me in my real life, I was just bitter <laughs> and I was pissed off. Um, but yeah, so I finished that. I read um I read was that the six. I read six of those in November. And then I split that up. The last one, so b- between the last two, I read The Counterfeit Scoundrel by Lorraine Heath. And that comes out sometime in 2023 it's like february i think um lorraine heath is one of my favorite authors i wasn't my favorite by her that i've ever read but it was still very good i had a good time um i believe he pours chocolate on her i think that happened so get ready for some chocolate shenanigans like gross but also Mm -hmm. i'll read about it i would Mm -hmm, never do it but i sure would read about it yeah it was um so basically he pretends to have affairs with wives who want to get divorces and so he's got a terrible reputation he's like been in court multiple times to like give his account of all of the shenanigans um but he's never actually like been with any of them and then giving uh the sarah mclean any rogue which one is that my favorite one the rogue not taken there's too many rogues in historical romance. There really are. Lots of rogues. And there, there's also um, an Eva Devon one, I think. It's like the wedding wager or something. He like is always like seen jumping out of like windows and stuff. And I think it's like to pretend to have That's affairs. Right. But it's the rogue not yeah. taken is he like yeah. comes out of windows and breaks up engagements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I think that that's like the general gist and then she is a private eye hired by one of the husbands mm. to see if he is in fact cheating with his wife so it's a little bit of mis- mistaken identity i guess i don't know uh, how you classify that but i do always love a good um you know identity like he doesn't know he shouldn't be attracted to her he's like i've never like you know done anything with a servant so he's very stressed um and she's also stressed because she sees him with all these women she's like oh my god She's she's a she's a boss ass bitch. I do love her. And then I read one that you've read, which was in which Margot Halifax earns her shocking reputation mm. by Alexandra Basti. Very very fun, very charming. Um, again, a virgin hero. We do love to see it. We do love sure to do. see it. We really mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. What was your next one? I well, so first I did um, Happily Ever Afterlives by Olivia mm-hmm. Waite, which is it's mm-hmm. actually two novellas. Um, but they, this was the incubus yeah yeah um cool. i don't think i've talked about it on here yet Mm-mm. i don't think so I, I mentioned it in our halloween episode because i wanted to read it but i couldn't remember what the plot was um and i was all stressed i couldn't find them anywhere and it's because i was searching for the first one is like damned if you do i think and i kept looking mm. for it and it like wasn't showing up i couldn't find it and i was all stressed about it and then it turns out it's because they are available on kindle unlimited it's just it's yeah under one so if you're gonna yeah. read it you gotta read both um Happily Ever Afterlives. The first one is – so it's a historical paranormal, um, but the first one really doesn't feel quite as much like a historical because it takes place in hell. So – Naturally. 
yeah. Um, so the premise of these is that the uh, the the heroine is a demoness in hell. She tortures mm-hmm. souls. She's just gotten a promotion though, so she's just gonna have one soul assigned to her to torture. Uh, and the guy that she gets was a lord. Oh, thank God. In, I think he was an earl, maybe something in uh, London Regency, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Or maybe Victorian. I don't know. Um, and he has been damned to hell for the sin of lust. And boy, has he s- committed some lust. Like, a lot of it. Um, and he's like, I thought for sure it would be the, like, murder. And she's like, what? Stop. And it, well, so it's not, it turns out he, I don't, I think he was killed in the army. Like, he enlisted in the army and went off and fought in a war. Yeah. And she's like, oh, self-defense doesn't count against you. It's definitely the lust. <laughs> that's why you're here. And he's like, well, I sure did do that. So that's fair. Um, and so she, like, whips him every day. They live together. That was the thing. It's so funny to me because she just, like, takes him back to her little house. Um, she chains him up outside. She spends all day whipping him and then they go to sleep. And she has to, like, rub ointment on him to, like, heal the wounds and stuff so that he's all healed up by the next day. So they have these weird bonding moments. Huh. Um, and he's very into – she's, like, an artist with her torture. Like, <laughs> he's very into it. Because um, it's, like, psychological almost. I don't know, but he's, yeah. he's super into it. And eventually he, like, low-key kind of seduces her and she's kind of into it. So they start – she's still, like, torturing him during the day, but then she'll, like, put the ointment on and, like, heal him up and then they'll have sex. And they, like, they fall in love, I guess. But then they get – Satan's, like, hey, summons. And it turns out his former fiancé, who he was never in love with or anything, their parents arranged a marriage between Uh them. And he didn't want to marry her, which is why he enlisted in the army in the first place. That's that's another critical blow. (laughs) She (laughs) – has journeyed into hell to save his soul and bring him back to life. And he doesn't want to because he's in love with this demoness. So does, I won't she the, spoil. Well, I mean, she, I guess it does kind of spoil because she's the heroine of the okay, second book. Okay, okay. I was like, that, that really um, sucks. But that's but just I, my luck. There's a happy ending, obviously. I just won't <laughs> yeah. tell you how we get yeah. to that happy ending. Yeah. Um, but in the second book, she has now – basically, Satan was like <laughs> – she was so annoying. <laughs> She was so annoying that Satan was like, when you die, you're not going to hell. Um, I like, I never want to see you again. Um, you may not go to heaven. I don't know where you will go, but like, you will not be coming here. The and heroine also, of book two? Yeah. And also, well, cause she like badly played a violin, like a la like Orpheus, but like badly. That's how she got in. It was so painful to listen to that the demons like cowered every time she would play it iconic of her no the second novella is my preferred of the two um and straight so and and satan was like you're off limits like none of the demons can touch you you're off they can't mess with you but now she's back in the real world changed forever as someone who's now journeyed to hell and back her life is abysmal and also she can see demons and there's demons all over the place they're like the little guys uh-huh. on like whispering bad things in people's ears making them sin <laughs> so she can see demons nobody else can she's fucking miserable and this really hot naked incubus shows up and is like what's Bet. up <laughs> becomes weirdly obsessed with her they carry out this affair and then obviously they fall in love and the the epilogue did make me cry a lot Ooh. um and i think it would make you cry 
in the oh, way that oh, Lorraine yes. Heath epilogues. You did tell me this. Getcha. Because boy, do we start mm-hmm. thinking about mortality. Fuck that. Yeah, no. I definitely uh, encountered that in the counterfeit scan- scoundrel. Yep. I was like, so I wasn't like, supposed to cry. Mm-hmm. And then I was crying. Mm-hmm. I, were they the best things I've ever read? No. But they were short. And I had a good time. They sound very fun. Like, you know, why not? The second one in particular, I really enjoyed. The first one was fine. Too annoying for Satan to handle you is going on my LinkedIn profile. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually on my resume under skills. (laughs) Annoying Satan so badly he doesn't want me to stay in hell. You actually will not get me in hell. (laughs) He was like, yeah, you're not coming here. That's we've determined you will not be coming back to hell ever again. Uh, I don't care what that happens is to you after you die. Beautiful. So okay. There you go. <laughs> well, I for sure want to read those. <laughs> Maybe it'll help me like get over Immortals After Dark. Because um, I already, I already have the urge to reread, and I have to like slap myself. No, no, no. Um, you gotta go for some like these demons are green skinned. Actually, I don't know what the Incubus looks like. I don't actually remember. But uh, the demoness in the first book is green, green skinned, and she has wings. Oh, I love that. Because why not? I think he does too. Yeah. I think he's the same. I just kind of blocked that out because I didn't like imagining it. Why not take a crazy chance on a naked incubus? <laughs> on a, a green skinned naked incubus yeah. who just shows up in my bedroom every night and has wild demon sex with me. <laughs> well, isn't that the dream? Is it? <laughs> I don't know that it is. And the Catholic in me is like, ah, maybe we shouldn't mess with demons. Maybe that's not the move. Well, um, my like friend Monica, she is also on Instagram, but she posted about what book just came out that was about a demon. I feel like I read it. I know that I read the, it. The the demon one you read for Halloween, the I got drunk that one time I got drunk and saved a demon. I don't they, oh, it was Charming Your Dad, I think, was the one she was talking about. Oh, that one. That Maybe. One. Where she was – she, like, posted on her Instagram story and whatever it was, it was something along the lines of, like, I want to read this. Like, I've heard such good things about it, but I'm Catholic and it makes me nervous. Like, she like she wasn't yeah. sure if she could, like, yeah read about demons. And I was like, that's me with, like, Sierra Simone's priest. Like, I don't think I can ever read a priest romance of any kind. That ju- – I just – I can't. Yeah. I mm. I saw someone's TikTok about um, her very Catholic parents came over and she had um, priest and the the other one on her bookshelf and the father was like whoa mm. <laughs> my people yeah and uh, she was like no don't uh, listen <laughs> to each their own I simply will not be reading it for the same and not the same reason but I feel like I also probably won't be doing a lot of mafia romances. Yeah, I just I mm, I understand what it's doing, but like maybe not for me. The mafia may not be for me. Yeah, I that's just it's just not what I'm attracted to. Like that's just not the type of hero I really want. So well, like okay, so I thought that, but I started reading The Dark King by mm-hmm. ooh, Gina, Gina Maxwell. Maxwell. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm only like a chapter and a half in. But he's like a fey king who runs Ooh. a Las Vegas strip club. 
and he's like the wealthiest guy. I don't know. He's like a big, powerful strip club owner, owner boss guy yeah. who also is yeah. a fake king, but like yeah. exiled. I don't really know. But the point is, he's basically a mafia boss, but like magical. Like he brings in a guy who is like mm-hmm. beating up the girls because he was the manager and he was beating up the girls and like asking for favors and stuff. And he brings him in and like fucks that man up. I think the like, magic element can save that for me, yeah. I think – and I I don't know, but it's – but it, he basically wasn't doing anything magical except yeah. the guy was like, you're a fairy, like I know it. And he like transformed for a second yeah. to like show him he was right before he, you know, murdered him basically. He didn't murder That's him. He does. just ruined him. Um, nice. But he wasn't even – it was like literally could have been a scene out of a mafia romance in the way that mm. he just like beat the shit out of that guy for touching the girls. And so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you are wrong. Maybe that can work for me. Yeah. I think, like, obviously I'm a sucker for, you know, a capitalist, like, Lisa (laughs) Kleypas hero. (laughs) Or, like, you know, like a gambling hell owner. I also love a capitalist hero. I really do. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, okay. I want money. I want to marry Rich. So sue me. So fucking sue me. (laughs) And he can provide. It's it's what I want. Therefore. Like in the real world, a, a single income household in this economy, yeah. not yeah. likely. However, yeah. Derek Craven, I haven't even read that book. He would provide. Yeah. See, single income when, whenever whenever heroin is like, I don't want your money. I just want your love. I'm like, That's no. such nonsense. <laughs> I'm like, no. The money and love is a bonus. <laughs> In in the job of life, because you you need to do what you got to do. Frankly, and he owes me. Yeah, yeah. For being a man, like mm-hmm. you owe me. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the blue tax. Whatever we have the pink tax. <laughs> He's got the blue tax. That's what it is. You just need to pay for things now. Yeah, this is not a standard I would hold a real man to. By the no, way, no. Um, but I sure would, I- would if they were like a wealthy yeah. gambling hell owner. Mm-hmm. Would I love to marry Rich? Yes. Would I love for him not to potentially be involved with any crimes? I sure would love that. that I don't want that stress. Because, cool. um, you know, it's like Julie Roberts got George Clooney in the Oceans movies, but, like, at what cost? You know? <laughs> you know, there's a lot going in there. So I think I'd need, like, a – I don't know. Like a, 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 something that makes good money but, like, isn't gone all the time. I don't know. I need to investigate. <laughs> I feel like they're gone, though, a lot. Eh, like, it depends like they on the work. kind of doctor. Okay, I need a fancy doctor who works two days a week and charges exorbitant rates for consultations. So Maybe like a plastic surgeon or something? Yeah. Yeah. We'll do that. There you go. Right? I couldn't. I Well, I, that's a lie. I could marry a doctor. Yeah, I mean, I am in the land of Mayo Clinic, so I should just journey down to Rochester and have a ball. Uh, well, as much of a ball you can have in Rochester. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, so I I have a a note on the priest business. So the only priest I've been invested in is in the Bells of St. Mary's. Um, it's an old movie with Bing Crosby and Ingrid Bergman. Oh, you've told and, me about that. Yeah, she's a nun and he's like a father. And it's completely non-sexual. This is an old movie. They are not doing anything. But this sexual tension and the chemistry, I am not even attracted to Bing Crosby. He can tap dance with Danny Kaye all he wants. But, like, he's not really for me. But in that movie, oh, my God. 
I was just like, I they need to get dirty, and they didn't, which I makes sense. Well, but also, I know, but they it. wanted to. They wanted to. <laughs> you could see it in their eyes. I don't know why they made that movie so sexually charged. <laughs> I, I don't. I feel like all old movies are weirdly sexually yeah. charged in my experience. We, we had like a he- like a long conversation a few weeks back about just like old yeah, movies. Yeah, because and- I the, – the kiss from – I don't even like that movie, Philadelphia mm-hmm. Story with Cary Grant and Jimmy Stewart and mm-hmm. Catherine Hepburn. I didn't even really like the movie that much. I, but – That kiss. the drunken kiss between Jimmy Stewart and Catherine Hepburn yeah. was perhaps – the steaming like it was the hottest thing i've ever seen in my life my pants melted off and i was like what's Mm -hmm. happening because they don't even he's not even the hero which is wild she ends up back with carrie grant as if carrie grant didn't physically abuse her which is how they ended up the the character not actually carrie grant but which is how they ended up divorced in the first place and jimmy stewart a handsome newspaper journalist whatever that i don't know is right here and he's kissing you like that and you're gonna go back to carrie grant i mean i love carrie grant don't get me wrong that man is so fine but like jimmy stewart's right there I'm heated. I'm heated. Jimmy Stewart, pick me. Mary, pick me. Mary, Clarence, Clarence. (laughs) Zuzu's paddles. Zuzu's paddles. Is this? We are talking too much. What's your next book? What's? Oh my god. I'm. I'm gonna throw my hat in the ring for Gregory Peck. I'll go for you, babe. Uh, that man on our, he is on a poster on my wall. Thank God. Right now. Thank it's God. It's Roman holiday, ooh, but. Ooh. I would do things for that man. Things the we don't Attica need to get Finch into. glasses? Uh-huh. That's what I'm looking at right now. Yep. Yep. Oh, that man. Yep. He gets it. Um, ooh. I just don't think they make humans like they did back then. What Obviously, it was going like. on? I don't know. They looked at the quality of the pictures in the film and just how they look. Obviously, they have, like, ten layers of lead on their faces. And, like, they're not doing too hot. But they look hot. And I want to, like. so handsome. And you can't recreate that. No matter what a photographer tries today or, like, a videographer or whatever, <gasps> cinematographer. Like, you just can't. Something and they look so. so, so Like, their eyes are always glistening. Like, I they don't just. Know. What really gets me is that, like, Jimmy Stewart, not an attractive man physically. Like, I think he's funny looking. But, like, every time I see him in something, I'm like, mm. Mm-hmm. What? How did – you're just built different. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, My next book is two. And they're both by Courtney McCaskill. Uh, What's an Earl Gotta Do and The Sea Siren of Broadwater Bottom. That is a tongue twister. And I have a hard time saying it. Um what's an earl gotta do these i read these not too long ago but it feels like long ago um they're both very good i read the first one how to train your uh viscount i was gonna say viscount but whatever um together i know even a historical romance reader i know well it's because like at at the beginning i didn't listen to audiobooks so i just had my viscount yes (laughs) yes yeah um so the the first one is i think the hottest in my opinion that's how to train your viscount um there's like a lot of like egyptian um, artifacts and sex in a uh, 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 sarcophagus I think um, there's a lot going on with that one and then um, the second one is um, childhood 
friends, and then um, he gets sent away to Canada, and his proposal, like, he was trying to, like, tell her before he left. It was a whole thing with the crown or whatever. And then um, he went to her house. She was visiting people with her mother. He left her a note. There was a mean man at the house who pretended to be a nice man. He took the note after the guy left, burned it, you know, replaced it with one that he gave to the butler that was just like, peace, I'm leaving for Canada. Um, And then she ended up marrying him, this Mr. Winter or whatever the fuck his title was. And historically, I hate setups like that. I hate that. I mean, yes, this Winter dude died in like three years. He, He somehow got some comeuppance but oh well the eternal comeuppance i guess um but i still but i still it just always makes me (laughs) just it always makes me a wee bit sad just for the woman who gets played like that because she didn't know and like he wasn't like a terrible husband but he wasn't anything great um so then obviously our hero comes back immediately after he hears that this other guy died um he is right in the game again he you know rescues her from all these suitors who she doesn't really need rescuing but he's like well she's mine um and like everyone in the town knows everyone knows that he's always loved her she's the only one who doesn't know um yeah and then the whole thing is that he wants to go back to canada she wants to stay in London, England. Uh, why did I say London, England? It's you like, never know. It could London, be London. Is it like London, Texas or whatever, that episode of Wizards of Waverly Place? Or is it Paris, Texas? Um, Paris. Yeah, Paris. Okay. Um, and so that's the whole like driving force of that is them trying to figure it out. Um, very enjoyable for a plot setup that I generally don't like. Um I was pretty happy with it. And then the third one was a virgin hero. Very fun. Um, it was kind of like a fairy tale one. Um, what did I what did I write? Oh yeah. So they're two um what do you call it? They're not translators, but they're like you get like a text and then I suppose you translate it into like from ancient Greek into, you know, modern uh words for them. And so they're both um to oh that's the summary's not there good lord okay well this is me winging it um basically he gets he's like he has got perfectionism i think um in the author's note there there's like a clinical term for the type of perfectionism he has that like truly like messes with his like psyche and like if he doesn't succeed because he's the first son he's the heir um he will like he just obsesses about it and feels terrible and he got second in um a championship for this translation whatever the hell it's called um and it's lived with him ever since and then she is this secret um translator that has taken the scene by storm and then they're hosting this like challenge his brother signs him up on a bet so he's got to do it he's scared he doesn't he doesn't like people he doesn't want to do this and then she's also going to um participate he doesn't know that she's the secret one uh he she is the daughter of his tutor and so she's always loved him um and he was always very nice to her he was always like the only one who was nice to her whenever they were studying together um it was very fairy tale esque like he rescues her on like a white horse and they're on boats a lot of the time just reading very cute um and like i said the virgin hero always takes it up a notch and um, the ending was very emotional. I was not 
not prepared. Um, and I, I really liked how his framing, because like at the beginning, he was definitely like, I have to, I have to win. Like he knew why she needed to win, but he was still like, no, I, I need to win. Like I can't like his pride and his vanity and stuff, but then also just like his perfectionism. Um, and then I think we've all kind of been there where like you, you don't get top in something and you're just, that kind of eats you alive. Um, and like the arc that he had with how he like reckoned with that was like very sweet. And like the guy who beat him, he's also at the competition and it was just so wholesome. Um, it bumped it up uh, to four and a half stars because I was just like, oh my God, I wasn't supposed to cry. Cause I literally finished, I think it was this one and then the Lorraine Heath or like one way or the other. So I was just crying a lot that night. Um, but Courtney is a great, a great writer. Um, so I would definitely check that series out. It, the, the language is definitely very modern. So like, if you're not into that, maybe shy away. Um, but sure, it's pretty explicit, like sex scenes. And, um, I, I love her, her writing. So that's my shout out. What's your next one? Um, I mean, I've read a few other ones, but I think the only one that I really would mention, um, for now. Mm Mm-hmm is Aphrodite and the Duke, J.J. Yep. McAvoy. This one, I, th- I think it's a debut. I could be wrong. I feel like it's a debut. Um, and, and if I am wrong, then I will say that the book feels like a debut. Um, I didn't like it initially. I started with, like, the digital... Uh, a, a digital copy of it, and the dialogue mm-hmm. felt a little weird to me, and so I ended up putting it on pause and coming back to it as an audiobook, and I that s- helped a lot. I saw you say it's in first person, it and that person. stresses me a bit. So that is, like, my one – because, like, overall, I think the story was fine. There were a couple of kind of wonky pacing things, but, like, overall, I was having a good time. The The, the villain got what was coming to him. The, you know, I feel like it – Yeah. I enjoyed the story. Um, the epilogue made me cry. It was very sweet. Um, I'm hoping we see more of this approach to, like, there's a, a the author's note in the beginning that's basically, like, this is historical. Like, it's fiction. Mm-hmm. Some of the characters are black. Like, just yeah. deal with it. And I was like, yeah. nice. Because I like that approach of just, like, yeah. they, they are. They just are. If this is fiction, who cares? Yeah. Um, my favorite thing is Emily Howard at the end of her um, YA novel coming out, Queen Bee. Um, she calls it an anti-historical because basically it actually is historically accurate, which does have people of color represented in the ton and in London. Um, so it's just basically like traditionally like historical romances are actually not <laughs> accurate um, and they're just whitewashed. And so her like her author's note, you could just see all the arguments that I was going to take down with people like coming at that book, just saying that's just not realistic. Like I loved it, but, um, so I do love that approach. Okay. So this is not even a little bit of debut. She has written many, many things, but I think it's her first historical. Gotcha. Maybe the rest of them look contemporary. So maybe that's why it feels more like a debut to me. Mm-hmm. Because I, I oh yeah. The others, her other ones are, they look contemporary or like, they look kind of mafia-esque. Basically, I don't know. I have not read anything else by this author. I would be interested in reading other historicals by her. Because um, it was good. I enjoyed it. It was just my one thing with it was the POV. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think it's really hard to do 
multiple POVs in first person. Yeah. Uh, unless you make them really distinct. And also, you have to have a really good reason for me. Like, I don't have anything against first person. But it really needs to be one person. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one was kind of – it was imbalanced anyway because there's kind of a mystery around why the hero, Evander, like, they were betrothed from the time they were kids. Mm-hmm. They were in love. And then he basically just, like, didn't call on her and then married someone else. Yeah, see, and- that – that's the setup that I was talking about. So, like, maybe no one interfered in that sense. But, like, being in love and then marrying someone else just rarely works for me. I get so sad. I mean, that wasn't really my issue. I I, mean, I didn't have an yeah. issue with the setup yeah. at all. This actually may not be the book for you. but I know. Um, I now I'm, now I'm a bit scared. I have the audiobook, too. Well, but because that's kind of a mystery. And, like, he doesn't tell her initially mm. why. And she's like, you're going to need to explain before I talk to you ever. Mm-hmm. Like, I need more information. Um, And there is, like – a lot of other things going on but it's kind of a mystery you don't find out right away and so of course for probably the first half of that book you don't really get any of evander's pov yeah but you do get a couple of other side characters where like all of a sudden it'll switch to her brother's perspective while he's talking to her parents about her and i was like okay interesting normally if you're doing first person we're we're sticking with one person or you're going back and forth between the two but yeah we got her brother and his sister at a couple of points. And I think I would have preferred if we just stuck with Aphrodite. I think yeah. that would have made the flow work better. You didn't need to have Evander if you were – like, you know, there's the mystery of, like, what his backstory is. I didn't feel like his POV contributed that much anyway when we did get it. Like, I would rather have just had Aphrodite if it was going to be first person. Mm-hmm. Like, it almost felt – like, I enjoy head hopping in older historicals, which yes. obviously only works in third person. Um, but but I'm a big head hopping fan. I think, like, Lisa She's Clay a head does. hopper, guys. She's I am a, a head, head hopper. hopper. I just – I know that if I were writing, yeah. I would be doing that. And I love, like, when Lisa Claypus does yeah. it. There are some really lovely moments. Like, I love some good head hopping. This felt like it was almost reminiscent of that, where, like, you need an, an external character to give you a perspective mm-hmm. on the main character. But it just didn't – when you're doing it in first person, I get too confused. There are too many people saying I. That is that is odd. See, I have a problem with first person present. Or is it is it third person present? I may be I'm slandering. not a big present tense person. It's it's third present. So it's like Hannah is doing this. Hannah is doing oh, that. Whoa. Hannah is running. Yeah, like, I don't yeah, care for that. I fucking hate it. I'm just not a huge – this one is past tense. Um – but I, having now complained about the POV thing, mm-hmm. other than that, I didn't really have any major issues. There were still a couple of, like, moments where the dialogue felt a little weird to me. But, like, overall, I had a good time. I think the audiobook was a great choice. I enjoyed it. It got a little heavy. Um, it got a little heavy. And I appreciate that, like, the heroine, Aphrodite, like, royally fucks up at the end of this book. Like, she makes a bad decision. Uh-oh. And Evander is like, how could you do that? Like, what? why would you do this? Like, Uh-oh. he's upset with her. He doesn't, like, stay angry with her for a super long time. And, like, she does her best to make up for it. But, like, there are consequences, which I love because I love when an author, like, really leans into, like, my main character is going to mess something up. Yeah. And it's going to be bad. And they're going to have to, like, fix it. It's going to be I, bad. And I think I, it worked. That's good. I love when they're held accountable, like, when – they know they fucked up or like someone like reads them to filth and like it's if it's like a friend or something and they're just like you fucked up go apologize go do the right thing um 
Because nothing is worse than a main character committing a grievous error and then the other person is the one who gravels, not the person who like mm-hmm. did the dirty deed. Mm-hmm. And so that can sometimes ruin a book, which kind of I have an example of that that I read. Um, mm. But in another uh, POV, you know, kind of outside of the norm. Um, so I'm eating my words a bit because The Nanny by Lana Ferguson doesn't come out until I think April of 2023. Um, you get like the first few chapters of the main heroine, Cassie. And I didn't know if this was going to be like dual POV, but I assume so because it had like Cassie at the top of like the chapter. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay. Um, and his, like I am a huge fan of single POV in um, contemporaries. I, It's just something I like. I like the mystery of it. Um, but this one, it did it in such an odd way because he, you only got like a few of his POVs. Like – his name is Aiden. Like you only like they were like sporadic, but they were like they were meaningful. Um, so whenever you got his POV, you were like the tension was so high because you need to know what he was thinking. So it didn't like ruin any surprise because the tension was there. And so then when you saw what he was thinking about, but most of the time it was going back to Cassie. So you were still living in that kind of like what's he thinking, like what's going through his head, like how is she experiencing this different than he is? Um and so you only like there was a distinct gap between the amount of Cassie POVs and Aiden's, and I adored it. I want that to be standard. I think it was such a cool way to approach dual POV while still having like a true like main character. Because obviously, like some of the ones that are just single POV can tend to skew into like the women's fiction, just because you get a lot more development from the one you have the POV of. Um, but I sure as shit loved that book. It was the hottest contemporary romance I traditionally published. I think that I've read. I mean, maybe Kiss Quotient is a it's up there. I was there. gonna say that Kiss Quotient's pretty dude. This one is hot. She was um an OnlyFans, so she had an OnlyFans, and he was her a uh, subscriber, and like he like private shows. Like she didn't know who he was. He would always have like the Zoom camera off. Um, and then she had stopped for reasons that we don't know at the beginning. Um, and she's going to school to become an occupational therapist. And so then, um, she had started OnlyFans because she needed money and then something happened. So then she stopped and then she needs money. She sees this personal ad in, I think the newspaper somewhere, um, that says nanny wanted. And then she, you know, responds and she has a great resume because she's worked in hospital. She got laid off um, at a hospital. And so she knows what she's doing. She knows CPR. She's trained. Um, and so he's like, whoa, I need to hire her. So then he's like, hey, come to this restaurant. She thinks she's going on like a date or like not a date, like a very fancy interview. So she dresses up, but he's the chef there. <laughs> And see, I didn't read the summary, so I didn't know he was oh a chef. Gosh. So imagine my delight when this man shows up in a chef coat and he's like the head chef of a very ritzy restaurant. I was like, well, this is a lovely development. I was so happy. Um, and then he's like, I think you misunderstood. This was just my break. <laughs> I, the, and then she's like, oh, shit. Um I, the humor was great. The writing style was right up my alley. Um, like I said, super hot. There's toys. Um, the the tension is just 
so palpable. Um, his daughter's great. Um, I I truly loved that book. The only thing I needed more of was cooking content because you have this man who is like a a truly like a hot daddy chef. Like he, you need to have him cook for her, and he like never did. I don't know if the author's just like not into cooking or like didn't. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't be able to write about cooking. I'd know nothing about it. Um, but that's the only thing I was missing because I was craving something to happen related to food. The main thing is that he can't cook pancakes. And so she's the only one who can in the house. And so the daughter always craves them. Um, so I'm like, okay, well, you have her cooking mm-hmm. a lot more than he is, which was confusing. Not enough to rate it anything below five stars. Um, but yeah, I loved that. It was such a surprise. And the next book that the author's coming out with, Lana Ferguson, is a shifter romance. It's not in the same world at all. I I, I love the jump. All I don't right. know. I know we got like two chapters, I think, from the that book at the end of this one, and it seems it seems very good. I am here for it. A grumpy doctor shifter man, sure, sure. sign me up. So <laughs> that was a wonderful book. The cover needs some work. It's a lot of blue. I don't quite know why it looks like it does, but sometimes it matters on what's like. The, the inside matters, I guess. Oh, my God. Don't judge <laughs> a book by its cover. If I would have judged by its cover, I would not have read this book. <laughs> and I was holding off, but then I couldn't. Curiosity got me. Curiosity and karma are cats. Um, I could not stay away. Um, do you have any others? I do not. Then my only other one is partially a recommendation but partially to talk about um the ending thing the whoever causes the breakup has to be the one to actually like you know be the groveler um in two wrongs make a right by chloe lease i just finished that audiobook not too long ago i'm super excited for this one um that ending definitely irritated me because i don't think the person who was responsible groveled at all and i think the person who was wronged it was just way too lenient i can't say what i do in that situation i'd probably be happy to just be walked all over but um it was kind of frustrating um and the writing style just wasn't for me she had a lot of adjectives and like we know how i am about whimsy it (laughs) it rarely works for me there was a line um let me see okay here there was a line um where we are in his pov and he describes his dad as all sharp prickles and for some reason describing a horrible toxic father as all sharp prickles just destroyed my life i hated it so much it didn't really impact the that was like that's like a one example of just things i don't like and that's just like writing style. So like it's just not really for me. I didn't despise the book or anything. Um, I think I gave it three and a half. So I rounded it up to four. But um, all sharp prickles, I, I guess. I, I don't know. Um, but and I that's the first Chloe Lee I've ever read. Um, so I would be interested in going back to her Berkman Brothers series because I, I think we both heard like great things about that one. Um, but yeah, so. I recommend it, especially if obviously if you love Chloe's writing, um, 
or if you just, you know, want to experiment with it. Um, I don't regret reading it. So the audiobook was good. The the uh, male narrator was a little bit rough, but that tends to happen. I wish I wish that would go away. I well, I'm not gonna do the audiobook. I have the physical copy, but I heard much ado and I said sign me. I'm really trying to find this TikTok because you kept saying we know how you are about whimsy <laughs> and immediately i keep thinking about this oh i found it guy who stitched like somebody was like what's your plan b like if you don't get married mm-hmm. and the guy that stitched it is like like a like a redneck looking guy in like a baseball cap and sunglasses <laughs> and his response was um Marriage for me is like plan Z section, whatever. Um, for me right now, it's all about exploring my whimsical nature. <laughs> it's about exploring my whimsical nature. And I, that phrase has been just, it just, I'm sending it to you. Took up occupancy in my brain. The way that this man, because this, this is like a redneck. This is, yeah. this is a man who drives a truck, I have to assume. And so for him to show up on the internet and say, I'm just really exploring my whimsical nature. <laughs> I was like, yes. Well, That's sir, all. read two wrongs, make a right. By oh, Chloe really Lean into your whimsical nature. <laughs> Explore your whimsical nature. that on my LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Too annoying yeah. for Satan exploring her whimsical nature. <laughs> but. I think that was basically everything. I mean, I reread The Duke in Question by Emily Howard. It's out now. Um, that was an audiobook reread because I read the arc. Amazing. I've seen people reading it. They're all giving it five stars. Maybe you will too. It was so good. It was so hot. And I love it. I love Emily. And I sure think you should read that. Maybe that'll get you out of a slump. Oh. Yeah. I'm currently reading um, the Erica Ridley one. What is it? Uh, nobody's princess so that one's good so far very cute did you ever finish the perks of loving a wallflower nope but this audio this audiobook hold was running out so i got 70 percent through perks of loving a wallflower and then that's when i had to like move home and like i was like on a plane and flying and i forgot my i was reading like the physical copy so then i forgot the physical copy in new york and then at some point i got the audiobook from forever in like the Facebook group. And so I have the audiobook. So I'm probably just going to start it over, but this one was like going to leave me <laughs> in a few days and I didn't want it to be gone by that time. And so then I was like, okay, I I know I like I got 70% into the other one. Like I pretty much know what happens. Um so I'm doing this one, and I'm going to jump back to that one and live my out of order life. So that's chaotic. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, we talked for twice as long as we were supposed to yeah the end <laughs> the end toodaloo bye bye <laughs> I mean shouldn't we <laughs> I don't know shouldn't we what um links oh, to anything you need <laughs> bro I am so tired <laughs> salty caroline so reads fringe book fringe reviews, book reviews. romance um, TBR. yep romance or tbr everything's in the show notes if you need it if you don't yeah as are probably the tiktok i mentioned about Mm -hmm. that man's whimsical nature i am so excited to indulge in his whimsical nature that's 
That's a phrase that you don't hear at all. So oh, I make that my bio on social media. <laughs> Whimsical Nage. Okay. Bye bye.